Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio, life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning, loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Facebook land. Welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio live on the Facebook, because, well, that's what we do now. Uh, with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend on this Saturday morning, Mr. Honest Dave. Good morning. And live from New York, it's Paul DeGracco. <laughs> in his mother-in-law's basement. That's yeah. not going to get old for him, unfortunately. It's not! <laughs> Listen, I'm never going to get to host Saturday Night Live. That's as close as I'm going to get, okay? That's it. That's what I got. Are you you're a big Saturday Night Live fan? Uh, yeah. Uh, would, it, would it impress you if I told you I've actually been on the set several times? No. Uh, Doing right. what? Bringing croissants? <laughs> well, I mean no. that kind of makes that kind of makes a difference in how impressive it is. No, in the in the uh, in the entertainment world, they use that space during the day and during the week for like um, like trade show type stuff, like industry trade show. So if you're in like an entertainment trade show no, thing, or if not NBC, impressive, that, not, 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 not impressive, not impressive. Not impressive. All right, and, well, and, I'm just and you told me you were an extra, or you know just. Someone on the side, or you actually in the audience, then maybe a little bit. But other than that, no. <laughs> All right, it's yeah. it's a pretty cool set my, though. My being backstage uh, during a KC and the Sunshine Band Village People's concert is way more impressive than that was. I agree. Yeah. I was just trying uh, to impress uh, Adam. I don't know what impresses him. Not uh, being uh, in a space when no one else associated with the show is yeah. there because it's the space. No, there was a there was Adam's, a tech Adam's guy driving, from the show there. Oh, still not impressive. Because because they have driving, to have somebody there. Adam driving in the in the presidential uh, uh, motorcade. What, motorcade is more impressive. I, listen, Twice. I think that's way more impressive than anything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's what I do. <laughs> I'm so here Abe, to impress. Abe, you're back safe home. Yeah, yeah. We only went for a short trip out to Pensacola. Actually, Cantonment, Florida. I looked so. it up after you talked about it. It is pretty rural. Was oh, everybody question like trying to correct you the entire time you were there? We're not in Pensacola. Uh, no, I knew I was in Cantonment, so I called oh. it Cantonment. But when you tell people I'm going to Cantonment, everybody's like, "Uh." Uh-huh. So just see, it's like I say from Chicago. I really wasn't living in Chicago. I was in a suburb 15 minutes outside the city of Chicago. But you don't right. tell people you're from Niles, Illinois. And the, yeah, they'll be like, "Where? What kind of farm country is that?" Yeah, but it was a nice experience. Kids, kids got to really see a different way of life and uh, got to do cool stuff like go into a watermelon patch and drive a tractor and some other cool stuff. It was fun. What is it like in a watermelon patch? I have never been in one. <laughs> it's like being in a watermelon <laughs> patch. What do you want me to tell you? 
I mean, is it different than like a corn it's a patch field, it's or a, a field, field? Well, it's not as high as a cornfield. It's a field. Right. They don't grow upwards. Mm-hmm. You know, they're eight pounds <laughs> each, ten pounds each. They're not growing upwards, but you know, it's a it's a field full of watermelons. Did your I saw your son eating watermelon in the patch. Did you guys just break open a watermelon there? Yes, they did. That's cool. Yep. Wow. It's a hot. It was a hot day. They decided to run out there, but it's not as I, I like cold watermelon. Me too. So, I was gonna say so. We yeah. ate nice hot watermelon. Yeah, eating hot watermelons without <laughs> the sun is not. It wasn't as refreshing as the picture made it appear to be. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I didn't. Wow, never even thought hot watermelon was a thing, but yeah, apparently it is. Huh. There well, you go. I even like room temperature watermelon, but some people like it. That's the way they eat it. Yeah, I, I like it ice cold. I like to put it in the too. fridge. Me too. So, Paul, you're still in New York. Uh, yep. do, you plan long- ever, do you plan ever coming back, really? <laughs> if it were up to my wife, probably not. It's nice having help. We're we're posted up at my mother-in-law's house, and my parents are less than four miles away. So there's there's a lot of help from our immediate family. But, yeah, I we're... Mean, I, want, I want to know if I have something to look forward to. I mean, what's the chances you don't come back? That's messed up. <laughs> We're, we're, we have a date in mind when we want to try and come back, but with all the, the COVID craziness down there, it doesn't seem like uh, is, a good thing to like race back down to Florida to be quarantined is, again with is, no help. Is that in 2020 or? <laughs> it's, I, we're looking at the end of the month before, you know, my son's birthday is July 31st. So we're going to have mm-hmm. a little birthday party here since nobody's going to fly to Florida. You're going to stay up the there? Birthday party. Uh, I think we're going to probably leave just before his birthday, but we, there's no plans because we don't know what's going to go on down there. But if they, you know, if they keep closing things down down there, we don't, you know, there's no reason to rush back right now. I'm still working remote. You know, they haven't closed anything down down here. I heard they closed the bars, no? Um, they closed the full bars. As yeah. a parent of two children who never goes out, is that a real concern to your lifestyle? I'm at a bar every single night. <laughs> Which bar? <laughs> Which bar? I don't go to bars. Yeah, exactly. So, um, fortunately fortunately enough, the cigar bars are still open. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, yeah. listen, up here right now in, in the county that we're in, in Suffolk County, it's I think their their test positive rate is 0.4%. So, I, I don't know if it's the lowest in the country, but it's one of the lowest. There was a statistic, I mean, I know you don't like reading the news, but there was a statistic that you have a .01 chance of catching coronavirus up here right now. I, I don't, it's all bullshit. I don't listen to anything the news is, but I did reach out to a friend of mine who works at one of the hospitals by our house where we uh-huh. live, Palm Swiss, just, just to get a, 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 a real street, you know. He might, he might be watching because he, he was watching last time we were talking about yeah. this. So if yeah, you I'm are. Scary. I'm not going to, I wasn't going to mention his name. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Oh, I um, person. No, don't even bother. Anyways, I reach out to him. Adam would know. Adam knows how to kill a great source, man. Immediately. Anyways, oh, yeah. um, I, I've been I've been in touch with him throughout the whole process from time to time. But he said that the hospitals are there's a lot more COVID cases. Right. They're not the capacity. ICU ICU beds are not full. Ventilators are available. Their main problem now is that one of the treatments they're using, I guess, uses plasma, and it takes like a hundred people. To donate enough plasma for one treatment. Yeah, that's what, that's that's why up here, same thing. Everybody's donating plasma up here. Right. So that that's the hardest part. But giving some. But he said the mortality rate is not budged. It's not increasing. And you know, 
that's eventually what's going to happen with this virus is you're going to get a lot more people catching it because the, there's no out. Yeah. I mean, a virus is not going to disappear 12 months from now and be off the face of the earth. So either people are still going to, people got to go out and catch it or they make a vaccine. And then when they take a vaccine, probably half the population won't take it. Well, would you take it? Depends, depends when it comes out. I mean, if it comes out like eight months from now, probably not. Because if I haven't gotten it by now, I'm not going to take the vaccine. And it doesn't, it, it makes me a little nervous that they, they you know, if a it vaccine makes, just came out. Like, it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of people nervous. I actually know medical people who have told me they wouldn't take it. It'll oh, be out really? Way, yeah, it'll be out way too fast. They wouldn't have gone through all the proper testing. They won't know long-term effects of it. So probably not. Listen, I'm also the guy that doesn't get the iPhone right when it comes out. Right? <laughs> right, because like you, you don't want the issues. Yeah. Yeah, let them jump in the water and see what the bugs are and whether it's good or not. And then, you know, I hear good things, I get the iPhone. So <laughs> I'm probably going to treat the vaccine the same way. You know, I'll let everybody be a guinea pig. And if they all start dropping dead in six months or growing arms out of the side of their ears, uh, I might take it. I mean, I don't <laughs> Listen, I had a, I had a, a, a hair-raising experience here. I was about to bring that up. It's on the outline. And yeah. What the hell happened here, Paul? So my wife and I have an affinity for the east end of Long Island, you know, both the north and south fork. So both times, you know, we've gone to both since Why? we've been here because it's a wonderful place. I mean, I, it, if you have never been there, it's it's hard to explain. But um, the north fork is different than the south fork. And, and I grew up going out to both when I was a kid. And so did my wife. So, we, you know, we spent the day out on the north fork and, and went to uh, the, the wineries here all have like outdoor individualized tents for your party. So you can still do tastings. So you go, you have to wear a mask getting to your tent in, in a field. And then once you get to your tent, you can take your mask off. And then you can either get up and, and order the wine yourself or they can bring it to you. It, it was really cool. So we did like a, a small a small little group of us, like five people, went and went to one of the wineries out on the North Fork where all the good ones are. And then uh, this past week, we went out to the Hamptons and we stayed in Montauk for a couple of nights. Um at, at one of our favorite resorts that we've never actually stayed at. We've been to weddings there. We've, we've gone to dinner there. We've, but we've never stayed there cause it's so expensive, but, um, prices were a little bit better right now. So anyway, we, we were driving out like we have many times out to the Hamptons and a, uh, a car in front of us started like slamming on their brakes in front of us. They, they like whizzed past us on the right side, got in front of us in the left lane and started slamming on their brakes then they went to our side and it was like, I don't know, like a 40 year old woman that was screaming through her window. She didn't roll her window down, screaming through her window at us. And then I'm I'm telling you for a good 20 miles, she was either next to us trying to scream at us or in front of us slamming on her brakes. And I, I, at first I was like, this woman's like drunk or something or something, you know, I did something that pissed her off. I honestly think it's because we had Florida plates that this woman was trying to run us off the road. And I, I was, I was contemplating, I mean, I, we, to our, you know, when we introduced our guest, I, he, he said the same thing. He's like, I would have followed her off the exit. And I probably would have, if I, if I wasn't with the two kids and my wife in the car, but, um, she got off, I don't know, a, a while before us, like at the beginning of the Hamptons in like Quag. And it was just a real like scary experience. And I had heard about people with Florida plates having issues 
up here that that people were like harassing them or they wouldn't serve them um, when they showed up at bars. If you had a Florida ID or, or restaurants that are open now, but only outdoor seating. And I, I honestly think it was because we had Florida plates on my wife's car that this woman was literally trying to run us off the road, not knowing how long we had been here. At that point, we had been here over two weeks. So we had already quarantined for, for over two weeks. But oh, yeah, because, was... because logic and reason really makes a difference there. <laughs> that would have made her feel better. Oh, oh, he's been here for two months. Yeah. Dude, people are just becoming nuts. What if it was Absolutely. a rental car? A rental uh, car. A lot of rental cars are, have Florida plates, too. Uh, usually it's Arizona. Oh, sorry, Adam. Maybe she didn't realize that. She was obviously not in sound mind and body. But, dude, it was, it was seriously, it was a kind of a terrifying experience. And I wasn't driving. I was working with my laptop because it was during the day. So I was, I was working. And my wife was driving. And I, at one point, I was like, maybe we should just pull over and get the hell away from this lady. But every time we went into the right lane, she, she would cut people off to get in front of us. Like, we could not get away from this woman. It was insane. So I feel like a victim. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a weird situation. I had a situation like that once where some guy was chasing me down. I think we talked about it on the show yeah. a couple of years ago. Right, right, going to our West Palm Beach location, chasing me down, honking, whatever. And, like, you know, I'm trying to let this guy pass. He don't want to pass. So, finally, I say, what the hell? I kind of slide over, pull over. The guy pulls up next to me and goes, dude, you're from KMA. I watch it. So, the guy ends up following me to the shop. We had oh a couple of had a good time. So, eh, it's one of those things. You never know how it goes. Maybe she was a KMA fan. She recognized your bald head. <laughs> dude, listen, Alan Rubin, the other Alan Rubin posted. It's on the screen now, but you can't read it. He said, the Hamptons, evidently Abe the Batman yeah. is overpaying Paul. I saw that I, I saw that on there, and I was going to ignore it the way I typically ignore Alan Rubin, so I wasn't going to bring it up. But because, because, Paul, you don't have another job. This is your real full-time job. Right. This is all I got. Yeah, well. <laughs> we're, we're raking in the uh, good, Anyway, good anyway let's bring in our uh, Meet Your Maker for this week, uh, our good friend, longtime uh, guest, and uh, a hell of a guy, Mr. Terrence Riley of Aganor Salif. Terrence, welcome back, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. Oh, you uh, got a haircut. You look good. Thank you. I try to look uh, my best for you. Absolutely. Are we are we, are we uh, on the balcony this morning? We are. We are. So I can have a nice cigar. Yes. Let you smoke in the house? Uh, I don't smoke in the house. I wouldn't, you know, we, we live in a condo. And I just, I never, even when we had the a house, I never smoked inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, how high up are you? Because you look like you got a bit of a view going on there. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, on the seventh floor. Oh, okay. okay. Not too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too bad. I could, I could possibly survive if I had to jump. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a pool there to right in, in the balcony area to help you know ease the landing at all? No, unfortunately not. I'm, I'm facing outwards, not inwards in the building. So. Uh, uh. I would I would hope to have to land on uh, I don't know something soft or another person or I don't some know. shrubbery perhaps perhaps yeah there's some shrubbery yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> the I thing that Adam thinks so no it's like, true you know you need to think of these things it's like yeah how am I going to survive there's a person over there they could break my fall the shrubbery you know you got to figure out you can I land in a tree yeah no trees though oh, unfortunately. That's... Oh, so you could grab onto a tree and like jump at a tree, grab onto it, 
try to brace yourself with that. Not, not in this case. Are we going to really let Adam continue in this asinine conversation? I just wanted to see where he was going. Right? How deep because it was going to go? Is that what you were waiting for? Yeah. I didn't I'm see any light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> but Terrence is just going with it, so. Hey, I'm the guest. I just I just answer questions. What do you want? Uh, so, TJ, how you been, buddy? Great, man. Just living the dream. Uh, you know, uh, can't complain. Everything's Everything's great. Excellent. And uh, how's everything with the company? I mean, you guys have pushed out the new Supreme Leaf. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's been, been a phenomenal great. hit. It's been, uh, despite everything, it's still our, uh, thus far, knock on wood, our best year ever. Uh, June, we had our best June ever last month. We've been up uh, every month of the year except one month, and that one was, you know, basically a, a push. So uh, things are great. Can't well, complain. listen. While we're talking on Supreme Leaf, what's the yeah. ultimate future plan on Supreme Leaf? Because obviously it's some limited production right now. It hits stores, it's gone like in an instant. Is, yeah. is that is that the perpetual future livelihood of Supreme Leaf? We're we're figuring that out now. I think the 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 most likely scenario is that we keep doing it the way we do it twice a year. Uh, you know, have it come and then it's it's gone. Uh, we we're considering doing it as a full line, but then. Some of the tobaccos we use in it, we use on uh, for other cigars. That and so we have to look at those inventories to make sure we're not kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul if we use it in another blend. And we don't have enough to make that blend, then uh, then it listen, becomes an issue. Listen, Eduardo Fernandez has more appliances than Best Buy has more tobacco than Best Buy has appliances. Okay. I'm yes, but but that, that it's not it's the it's depends on the appliance though. Again, it's certain fields. You know, a blend has a tobacco that's they don't just pick from anywhere in Jalapa. It's from one farm. Sometimes it's particular lots on the farm. It's true. I'm telling you. And are you going to continue in like this two size variation? Or is that still what it's going to work out or maybe different sizes or anything? Yeah, we, we, that's again, we haven't figured that out yet. We'll either uh, we'll either do um, a different size every time. Uh, or we'll just keep the two sizes a little bit. That obviously has to do with FDA too, and you know and the challenges of that. So, uh, to be honest with you, we're not sure yet on any of this stuff. But uh, but it, I promise you, we'll do something. <laughs> I'm sure you will. You got another special release coming out too. The uh, anniversario, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, uh, our anniversario line every year um, for the past two years. It, it, uh, PCA, formerly IPCPR, we would release 250 boxes for uh, for attendees who came to the booth. Um, the anniversario line uh, is made in Miami. It's 100% hand rolled by uh, one individual uh, roller. We don't use Lieberman's in Miami. It's uh, it's all the the old fashioned way. And in uh, the can wrapper, you, you can you explain to our listeners what Lieberman's are, is. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna. I know Joe Lieberman's. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so usually there's a. Uh, uh, in, in Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican, not everybody, but most factories now work in teams of two where there's a buncher who uses what's called the Lieberman machine. And basically you put the fillers uh, in the binder in the Lieberman machine uh, to bunch the cigar. Uh, you can look up on a YouTube video and, and see them doing that. And then uh, they put the, that in a mold and then the, the other partner puts on on the wrapper. And that's a much more efficient process. And most places uh, use that way now. Okay. Um but in Miami, they still do it the the old school Cuban way, which it's one one individual makes both the bunch and puts the wrapper on uh, without the Lieberman. It's entirely by hand. So um, in Miami, it's a small production, so we can afford to kind of 
you know, be less efficient in that way. It's more, you know, as a showcase. Um, but it's, it's a, it makes a cigar kind of special because again, every single cigar was ruled by one person, this woman, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Rodil, and, uh, she's, she's been with us for many years and she's the only one that makes the anniversarios. It also has our, uh, our shade grown Corojo Maduro wrapper on it. Um, and, uh, it's the first time the anniversario line has ever had a Maduro wrapper. So we're pretty excited about that. Instead, uh, usually because, uh, there's no PCA this year, you know, and we can't release it to PCA, uh, but, uh, uh, we had our uh, our Agonorsa Select members were all uh, uh, entitled to an opportunity to purchase it. So that'll be shipping towards the end of the month um, of uh, of this month. Now, have you had any issues getting product in the country at all? No, all going knock on? on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, we've had no issues w- w- with that at all. Uh, mm-hmm. pr- production is a little bit slower because there's space in the people out more so you can't put as many people in there and then there's also people that you know they either are just afraid and they you know they don't want to come to work or or you know they they feel sick with something and if they're sick with anything they want them not coming in so right, right. that can obviously uh you know slow production out a little bit but in terms of the shipping in terms of you know uh, we haven't uh, had any issues have you guys, how much have you guys gone into to step up just protocols in safety and cleanliness in the actual factory? Yeah, I mean, I get definitely a ton, a ton of hand washing. We do, we do that a lot. They, they check employees when they come in, uh, distancing them out more, all those types of things. They use some, I don't know if this, because in the beginning they talked about how like your shoes could carry the virus or something. They put some disinfectant on the shoes um, when, when people come in, so uh, they've been doing, I don't know if they're still doing that or if that's still a thing, but, uh, mm. but I know they were doing that for a while at least. I don't know. It changes yeah. daily what, how you can get it in, and yeah, you know, yeah. where you can get it from. First they said you can't get it by contact as, as easily. Now they say you can't, I mean, it's who knows. Are yeah. they down by you, Terrence? It's a little bit more locked down, right? In the Miami area. Um, yeah, I mean a little bit more. They, they, uh, they had a big uh, thing with, you know, the restaurants can only do takeout or sit outside sitting now. Right. And, uh, and the bars obviously are, are closed, but, uh, you know, so people are kind of frustrated with that, obviously, but, um, you can, I mean, it gets, it's not like it was in March or April where basically it was a ghost town where right. nothing was, was open at all. Now there's, there's things open. They're just limited in their capacity. Ooh, nice. Look at it. Look at Abe. Oh, that's exactly what one of our listeners said that, that he's been smoking, actually. I, I, I'm loving this cigar. It's, it's, been a a regular, cigar. it's been a regular in my rotation. I love man. the Guardian of the Farm. I think that's a great cigar. And we're in the shirt right now. Look at that. Look at oh, there you go. Which is very odd for a cat person. <laughs> I'm not a cat person. You know, I, this is a terrible thing to say, but my mother-in-law used to have a cat, and it died before we came down here. And I knew I was going to be doing the show from here because they have really fast internet. And it it stays mostly in the basement because the dogs don't love her. And I was like, I, I it was a terrible thought I had. But I was like, thank God the cat died. Because she would really? be jumping up here next to me really? while I was sitting wow. here doing the show. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> my my wife was be contemplating. Like Dr. Evil, you know? Yeah, my yeah. wife was contemplating. She's like... Axel really likes likes animals. Like maybe we should get, a, you know, instead of getting another dog, let's get a cat. And I said we cannot do a get a cat for the entirety of my stay at KMA. We can never have a cat. Just so I put the kibosh on it. <laughs> the one time Paul put his foot down. Yeah. We all 
we all listen. Paul didn't put it put it yeah, down. Oh, uh, honey, uh, I don't know if she that's a good idea. She hasn't decided. <laughs> she hasn't decided yet. There's a big difference. Once she makes her decision, then it's final. Yeah. So, Terrence, you you obviously have a family and and you live in the Miami area. Tell us a little bit about what it was like because it, it looked like you were still going to the office during the the quarantine, but it looked like it would, may have only been you. Going uh, in there. Yeah, I mean, we had less people at the office and uh, we had limit, more limited hours during the day. And like even now, we, there's no there's no lunch. We work one less hour and people go home an hour early because they okay. don't want them all sitting around together and mm-hmm. eating. And right. um, so but we I mean, thank God we never we never shut down ever. I mean, that would have been a terrible uh, you know, for the for the for the numbers. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we, we took protocols and still you have to wear a mask in the, in the warehouse and on all those types of things. So, but, you know, again, you just roll with the punches and figure it out. And that's all you can really do. And for a guy who's on the road, I mean, what, 200 days out of the year, how many, how many, I mean, you, you fly a lot. Was it a big well, change for you? Yeah, that's, that's the longest I haven't flown. I, I didn't fly from March 15th until mm. uh, towards the third week of June. So that was a, uh, about a three month way. That's the longest I haven't been on a plane in over a decade, at least. I mean, pro- more, probably 12 or 13 years. Um, wow. So, so that's a long time that I haven't flown. So that was different. But, you know, again, we did we did Zoom meetings. Uh, I called a lot of people. Uh, we worked on, you know, video promotional uh, materials. Again, it's just, you just accept, there's nothing I can really do about a lot of this. So right, you exactly. Just, you just, you know, take what you have and make the best of it. Yeah, it seems like you've been, you've been kind of uh, slowly integrating people more into your life you're very you're very uh I, i've noticed that you're i mean you're always on social media a lot but i i've noticed that you've been uh you've been posting a lot with um our our friend uh Rainier lorenzo from uh, hvc yeah and he i i guy. really enjoyed his uh his instructional video if that's what you want to call it on yeah, making a mojito oh you got it in fact if you want to know how to make a mojito uh but and by the way it's an amazing mojito he's ruined mojitos for me because he does such a great job of making it but his uh his <laughs> His manner of instructing you how to do it is just about the greatest thing you'll probably ever see in your entire life. So I, I highly recommend people check out Renier, a true Cuban, making a mojito. No, he is he is a unique character. He's, he's he was great on the show when we had him. Um, but so what what as far as traveling, are you back onto a regular schedule? No, there's still a lot of places you can't really go. A lot of places don't want to do events. So I, 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 I'm I, where it used to be like two and a half sometimes three weeks of the month on the road. Now it's like one. Uh, and again, okay. one of the trips I've been up to Jacksonville, obviously I drove up there, you know, that was on a plane. So, um, there's, there's definitely less travel, but I've, I've been, uh, I've been, you know, traveling and I've got some trips planned and, and, uh, you know, it's just not as much as it was previously. Right. All right. Well, to get off the COVID whole Sorry. theme, that's all right. I'm a little tired of it. Yeah. Well. Everyone get off the COVID. Let's talk some meat and potatoes here. Let's talk a little PCA, right? They made a big announcement last week. Everybody kind of freaked out. Some people didn't. Um, Obviously, the the show time would have passed by now. Uh, How do you feel the PCA not having the shows impacted your company? How do you feel about the announcement they made? And what's your thoughts about the PCA 2021? Well, I mean, I can tell you how it impacted us probably uh, in about a month. Uh, it's still hard to tell you right now because we, we kind of, instead of waiting to the show to do our deals, we did them 
in, uh, in June. So obviously we had a great June and then now we're in July. So we have to show so, July runs compared so, to, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to, so what you did basically was you took whatever deals you were going to do in the show, your, your foot soldiers hit the street and you hit the retails basically trying to do trade show deals as if the trade show was going on. Is that what happened? Yeah, I mean, basically, we we, do, we took those deals and then we uh, we we either did uh, you know in person meetings or if if that was not feasible for whatever reason, we did Zoom meetings. And, and if you, as long as you did either a Zoom meeting or you did an in person meeting, uh, then you you got uh, you, know, you got certain deals that weren't wouldn't be available to you otherwise. Um, and and that was really successful. We had a we had a great month. Um, but again, it's you, we got to see how July goes now. If uh, July completely were to dip although thus far it's been very solid but i don't want to jinx it um but it's hard to tell until after you know the, the the time you normally ship is in you know into july august so we'll see you know at that time what, what the impact is and how about how about how about the announcement of the pca there have been a lot i've heard a lot of different um uh, on the layoffs you mean yeah, on the layoffs and whether it's going to exist in this organization. I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, Coop and I, is Coop coming on today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Coop, Coop. And I, Coop and I have completely different views about this. What, what, how, you as a manufacturer, right? You guys yeah. are a predominant company in this industry. How are you interpreting this news? I, I or, think I'm interpreting it not, that not having a trade not show. thought is, about it. Yeah. Or have you not even thought about it? I mean, I probably haven't thought. I haven't thought enough about it to give you know a comprehensive answer. I mean, I think that basically it's obviously heavily dependent on the trade show for the revenue. And if they're laying people off, then that obviously shows the impact of the trade show of not having the trade show to them. And, and again, we'll see, I I'm not involved in those decisions. And again, I, I always hate second guessing people when I don't have all the details. No, so I, I don't know exactly what, uh, yeah, we're not asking you to guess, but let me just ask you this question. Do you feel that that announcement is indicative of any possibility of a dismantling of the PCA or the, you know, the the, the demise of the PCA? Or is it just a simple business decision? Again, I, I think that's more of a question for, for them than for me. But I, I, I think that obviously this will probably uh, generate them to, to look at, you know, how how to structure the, there'll probably be some structural change of some kind because of this whether whether that's a, a more short-term one or a long-term one um i guess we'll have to see but it's definitely because things are different they have to act differently at least for now i would assume okay and what what's your what's your take on pca 2021 are, are you guys thought about it if it happens will you guys be there or it will be a decision that maybe the company will make once they find out if there's going to be a PCA 2021. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, my, my feeling now would be we would want to be there if uh, assuming there, there is one. I still think that in this industry, the, the person, the person contact is, is really uh, is something special about it. it. It really cigars bring people together in a way nothing else does. And that and that relationship building that you get in person is still very valuable. And, and it's becoming more unusual as businesses move more more working from home and and all that kind of thing so again i would need to see what it's like but obviously we'd like to do it if that makes sense yeah absolutely does because i mean look there are, there are people within the industry who have a uh let's just say a compassion for it and almost would like to see it continue at all costs so 
just curious where some manufacturers lie in that kind of response. But you mentioned face-to-face and personal contact. So I find that interesting because do you feel, look, I'm from that old school. I mean, I never, never, ever, ever, if I got an issue with somebody, never, ever want to discuss it off the phone. I want to be able to go there, look at his face, read his face and whatnot. And while while maybe somebody a couple of years ago, eight months ago, if, called, if someone called my office up and would like to set up a meeting, and they'd be like, yeah, can we schedule a Zoom call? I'd be like, Pfft. all right, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, it's not happening. Yeah. But now now because of COVID, it's like, yeah, schedule a Zoom call. Or I even told my assistant, hey, give me a, get that guy in Zoom for me because I still want to see the face. But now you don't have to be in front of me. And because of COVID now, it's kind of now become acceptable. Yeah. Uh, not such bad. So do you – I mean, like I would have never contemplated doing a call, especially a business call like that right and um now it's like that's kind of like the norm and you see you feel because i know you 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 are the face-to-face guy when you first came on board with back then sag right and and we met in pompano i still remember that meeting and you know i never really knew who terrence riley was he wanted to sit a meeting he walks through the door you know i pretty much tell him hey look no matter what you do i really can't do business with you we've tried selling your company's brands for years they never go anywhere and you know but honestly if it wasn't for that face-to-face meeting you most likely would have never talked me into trying the company out again of which it ended up being a very successful partnership we did very well with the brands and led to our current you know relationship where you know now even the business that we do with agonorsa is exponentially more than it used to be so there is something to be said about that face-to-face contact, but do you think that it'll be that relevant moving forward in the future, or will it come down to a lot more video stuff? I mean, look, look at us. We used to have a studio, you know, and and, and we're kind of content in doing this the way we're doing it now. It hasn't affected our viewership or quality of our show that much, right? You know, we're looking we're looking into ways in which we could um, improve the quality of these Zoom chats, where we can get Colin back on board and get some of the simple things like our sound effects and stuff, which makes for a more entertaining show. And that's how we're going to move forward. But we've become resigned to the fact that, Hey, this may be the future of KMA radio, you know? So do you feel that interpersonal contact is still going to be that relevant moving forward? So, so I do that said, I mean, one of the first things to your point, I completely agree with everything you said. Uh, As soon as this all happened, uh, we, we, we set up a zoom meeting with our, our reps, uh, I talked to them about how the importance of doing Zoom, and this is going to be even guys that would never do this before. They're going to either have to do it or they're going to at least try it. Um, and so I'll, I, I absolutely agree that a lot of things can be improved using these tools. That's absolutely the, uh, true, and, and that's probably to some degree permanent. But I, I don't think it's it's going to be to the degree it is now uh, whenever things get back to you know somewhat normal. I think that there's still a lot of people that, enjoy person-to-person contact there's still a lot of people that that uh like doing things that way if it's possible and as you said for, to build new relationships it's very hard to do that this in this manner it's it's hard it, it's hard to get the guy to take the call it's hard to get the guy to spend time with you it's hard to get you to take him seriously if you if you're in person it's uh you get a lot more accomplished uh with certain individuals uh and i would say most actually individuals um so it's just, again, it's just a balance, you know, it's, it, we want to use these tools. They're available. There's no reason not to, whether that's social media, whether that's zoom, whether that's anything, they're, they're tremendous tools. They're great. Uh, and, and we want to, 
We want to utilize them as best as possible, but we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, okay, well, we never have to go into a store ever again, or we never have to meet with anybody in person, or we never have to do an actual person-to-person event anymore because uh, we have Zoom. And so uh, I think it's just balancing the two and not saying, you know, it's, it's, either, it's an either-or option. It's, it's uh, utilizing both to the extent that you can. Especially on the sales side, I would think, Terrence, if, if the trade show doesn't exist anymore, let's say, yeah. uh, from, a, from a retail sales point, because what I do for a living is a lot different. I, I almost never meet clients in person, and I almost, I would say 60% of my clients I've never spoken to on the phone, and they'll do you know $100,000 advertising deals with us, and I've never spoken to them on the phone. But in, in this business, and, you, and I'm kind of asking your opinion, is it, is, it, is it essential for you to be physically in front of somebody in order to introduce a product? Not necessarily Aganorsa uh, because of all the good work that you've done, so it's, it's more recognizable now. But, but any, any cigar brand, especially a small guy starting out, is, is that something you feel is completely essential that they have to be in front and physically present? I think if you don't, again, I benefit from having relationships with people. So if I call Abe or whoever, I mean, I'm not introducing myself. They know who I am. So it makes, in that sense, for me. But yeah, I think for for new relationships, I think if you're a new company, uh, I think it would be very hard. I think, listen, at the end of the day, Abe, when was the last time somebody walked in the store or contacted you and you're like, thank God, I was almost out of cigars. I didn't have anything to sell. Oh, thank God you're here. I haven't heard that. I I haven't heard that yet. And so there's lots of great cigars on the market. People have, you know, people have inventory for the most part. Uh, Nobody's going without cigars for the most part. Um, So in order to be one of those brands and be successful, you've really got to work with your partners. And in in order to work with your partners, you need to have partners. And to have partners, you need to know people and you need to have those relationships. So I mean, again, I'm not saying it's impossible or, or, and again, the world's changing as time goes on. And, and so there'll be new ways and young, maybe younger retailers will, will connect with people in different ways than some of the older guys do. But for me, just on a personal level, what I enjoy about being in this business is, is the, is the personal interactions and the relationships and, and the spending time, you know, in whether it's been with Abe or with other retail partners or with consumers, I have a lot of fun doing that. And that's what makes all this worthwhile because it's it ain't easy <laughs> it's a it's a tough business there's a, there's a lot of challenges to it so if you took that away entirely it would it would take a lot of what i personally enjoy about the business away i mean look face-to-face interaction at some levels will be always required and and that's kind of because like look i i don't buy on my personal opinions because it's irrelevant to how my company performs as a retail operation. So when you have a brand that catches traction or sometimes look, it's like kind of buying stocks in the stock market, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel an uptick or I see something. I've been wrong. Sometimes I've been dead wrong. Sometimes I've been dead right. Sometimes. So, and, and the in-person part, like with Terrence, Terrence has bought me brands. I've said no, you know, Terrence has bought me brands that I've seen immediately and other companies where I've smoked it, I've seen the quality of it, and the eye, the packaging, but it's a whole thing, right? You could, you know, you could, Picasso could have made the best painting in the world, but if it's in a closet, what good is it? So it also depends, I want to know what the company's vision is to get this out there. 
if your goal is to give me a brand new brand and I'm throwing it on my shelf and you want us to do all the work, that's kind of a, makes it a harder job. So there's a lot of things. So physically seeing a package a lot of times helps, but I think we won't become as necessary. Now, as far as the trade show is concerned, I mean, look, I think the scariest thing on the horizon right now is the fact that for the first time ever, um, companies may realize how unrelevant it is really to their fiscal year, right? If they're going out and they're getting these deals and they're seeing it and they're weighing out what the cost is of doing the show, it may be a hard hurdle to overcome. I mean, yes, there is a relevancy and a social aspect of gathering together once a year. For me, it's not that relevant. Fortunately, I'm in South Florida. 90% of the industry is in my backyard. But for a lot of these retailers, they don't get these opportunities. That's an imperative part of the show. Will that outweigh? But that, that, that imperativeness is almost more for the retailer than it is for the manufacturer. So, yeah, go ahead. No, as I say, one thing, on that point, one thing to keep in mind, though, is it's kind of like when the things were shut down, I heard a, a lot of people say, you know what, I'm going to start, you know, reutilizing my lounge space. You know, my my numbers aren't that off, you know, guys, even though guys aren't here and I can use this space for, to sell other products instead of having so many people. Well, when everybody is shut down, they can't go anywhere else. Now, if you if you when they come back in some places, they can sit down in some places they can't. That may affect your business. So. Right now, there is no trade show, so there's no, there's nothing, you know, there's no option. It's, it's, there's not. Whereas, let's just say there is one next year. For now, you're now you're going to have a comparison of how people do if they don't go compared to people that do. So it's a little bit different if there actually is one and you don't go compared to there not being one and nobody can go. No, I, I don't agree. What's no? the difference? No, what's the difference? It didn't happen. So you, you have now existed in a sense of. Yeah, but you're not I mean, competing against the person that if the person were at the show, he's with all these people spending money for days on end at different booths and everything. That option is not you're not competing against that. You're com you're, you're on the same playing field as everybody else. You know, you see an upside. I you see a downside. I see an upside. I see the fact of you trying to chase guys down that 80 other guys can chase guys down, squeeze in the appointments, try to see the people that you want to see where. Without a show, you can basically coordinate your own meetings, handle a guy one on one, not ha be interrupted 20 times when you're trying to talk to somebody new, which all, which all happens at the trade show. So maybe there's a little effect of that. Maybe there isn't. You, you but, may be right. I'm just saying it's hard to say without without, right. com without comparing with without having the option. If you don't, it's the same right. thing with the lounge. It's like it's hard to tell whether your lounge really helps you that much unless other people have lounges and you yeah. don't. If nobody but, has the lounge, there's no option. I know, but the difference is the difference in what I'm saying is now is that every manufacturer had to do it. So instead of one guy experimenting like Villiger saying, hey, we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. And one guy's out of the park. Everybody was out of the game this year. So that may wake a lot of people up saying, why are we going to do this next year? And then that's my concern. It's oh, not I'm saying yeah. it's not I'm not saying that's what I want. You know, but that's my look. It's like having that employee, right? If you ever ran your own business, you got that employee who gets paid really, really good, makes a lot of money, and then has some kind of life event, and he's out for a month, and you kind of like, well, my company got along really good without that person for that month. You know, you you wouldn't know it, yeah, until it happens, and this is kind of like that situation. It's happened, so I, it'll be very interesting to see, and especially if the format doesn't change, right? And they just try to do the same kind of trade show next year and not really innovate 
and reinvent themselves, it'll be very interesting to see how many companies go next year. I think it's going to be a tough. Ba- I think it's going to be a tough, ba- tougher battle than a lot of people predict. It makes it harder than too, though, on the on the opposite side for for the the newer brands or the lesser known brands, though, because now they now they have to struggle to get like Terrence is saying in front of those people some other way. Well, that's been the biggest argument of the big four, right? The trade show benefits all the smaller companies, in their opinion, more than it benefits them. They carry the weight, they carry the burden, they carry the majority of the cost, and they are the ones that have the network to reach everybody. So it's the low mid level, low mid and lower level tiered companies that get really the most benefit of the show, and and that's been their argument. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just saying that's kind of been their position. And you know, we had Michael Caldwell who's, who who put up here that demand for cigars has surged in his opinion. It's not so much the demand surged as much as the consumption surge, which affects the demand. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have a lot more time. Eventually, it's going to go away. So you can't you can't figure on a demand that's hinged on a reality that's going to change. That's my opinion, right? Reality will eventually change. People will end up going back to some kind of normal, hectic lifestyle, and they won't have as much time to smoke cigars because, look, let's face it, there's one thing you really kind of need to enjoy a cigar is time. Yeah. You know? There's so no getting around that. So I, I'm not, I, I personally wouldn't hinge a future on current demands, you know, because that could easily revolve and settle back to a normal level at some point as reality changes, which, which hopefully for everybody would be in a nearer future than far, for, you know, further away. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Oh, that's actually uh, a great point. Terrence, your rebuttal. <laughs> I don't know. If there's a rebuttal there. <laughs> I think that. Yeah, there was. A, it was well said. Yeah, you know? just leave it. Uh, leave it be. All right, Terrence. To switch. Uh, to switch avenues quickly. Uh, how do you feel about Cam Newton joining the Patriots? Yeah. Again, I, I have my faith in uh, the greatest coach ever, Bill Belichick, and uh, Cam is either going to fit in the system and they'll probably win the Super Bowl, or. He'll be he'll be gone, uh, you know, in a short amount of time. So it's uh, it's one or the other. He, he's a. They, I think they might kind of utilize him and you know use like wildcat offenses they haven't used in the past before. And so he's got a lot of tools. So and the Patriots are good at adjusting to the tools of the players that they have. So uh, I, I'm I'm very confident to be honest with you, as I always am. So you're not going to change your alliances to the Bucks, is what you're saying. No, Tom Brady is a great man. He he always will be, uh, and uh, I have nothing but good words. But ultimately, I'm a Patriots fan. I'd like to see the Patriots and the Bucks in the Super Bowl, and the Patriots win. That's what I'd like. Okay. <laughs> that, wow. Yeah. There's there's a dream right there. Yeah. <laughs> is there any news on the NFL? Is it happening this year? Uh, is I'm just surprised it doesn't happen. happen. I think I think so far it's you know the the cry I guess limited. Uh, I, I mean, mean you think they try to play game? You think they'll try to play game? I mean, listen, there's no social distancing in football. Let's face it. So, you know, they'll they'll, they'll get about as close as the riders did to each other. So, I mean, w- will they have games without audiences? You think is that a viability? I think that's yeah. most likely the yeah, case. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they're not going to have uh, seventy thousand people on a stadium. That, that's time, that's definitely what's going on right now. And they've also started mini camps, but a lot of guys are also coming out right now and saying they're not going to play. They've had a few guys come out and just say, hey, I've got young kids. I've got, you know, i got to look out for my future. And that's what's really happening right now. And it's going to come down to 
we're going to have to wait till end of August, really, before we really get a real answer about whether or not games are actually going to happen or not. I don't think there's college football, probably. I think college football probably is, is not going to happen. But well, probably, I, is there college? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the Big Ten came out this week and said they're only going to do conference games. So what uh, that means is they're really going to wait till October to actually when they actually start and just play 10 conference games in the Big Ten. Who's the and Notre Dame going to play? Nobody. <laughs> ACC, right. maybe? Yeah. I mean... What's what's look? I mean, one thing that I think we all get caught up is the irrationality in some of the decisions. What does playing only conference games do? Yeah, it shortens yeah. the travel schedule. Basically, is what they're doing, and it makes it easier to travel. Is what they're trying to say and come out okay. as. So, that, so, so they feel better walking through a landmine that's only half full of mines than than fully full of mines. Yeah. yeah. Well, Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's their feeling. Yes. It it goes it I mean it's it kind of makes sense that the less you travel the less exposed you are to it I guess, but I I, I think you, there's you, been a lot of minor league teams in the like like smaller independent leagues, especially the the teams I used to work for uh, in the Atlantic League of Baseball that have already announced that there will not be a season this year. Mm-hmm. Um and they they outright Abe you would love this. They outright like quoted Governor Cuomo on their on their social media saying and in their press releases saying that due to Governor Cuomo not allowing us to open with a socially distanced plan, we will not be holding a season this year. But for those guys, it's a little bit different because they rely very heavily on ticket sales as part yeah. of their revenue. I mean, advertising is obviously a big part of it, but but for much smaller, you know, independent leagues or even even farm teams, they you know, the organization itself that runs the farm team, even though they, they have you know, corporate backing from the from the, the the professional leagues, they they rely very heavily on ticket sales. So if they if they can't sell out every single night, they're not going to make a profit. So they they decided rather than lose millions of dollars that the the league was just not going to run this year. But there are a number of different factors. No, 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 Paul. This might be the end of minor league baseball as we know it. It it could potentially be. No, that's already been discussed because they canceled all minor league seasons, all yeah. single A, double A, triple A, all of it's over. Are, are all, all the farm teams are definitely not not Done. playing. Done. I didn't know that that was the case. Oh yeah, yeah. UFC's on tonight. Ago. You got UFC. You got my boy Jorge Masvidal, Street <laughs> Jesus. He's fighting tonight, but I'm without people Island. there, right? Yeah, I, but they don't. I mean, I mean that's nice. That's a bonus, but the money is from the pay per view revenue. Right. I mean, that's it. Doesn't make I any difference. Did not know people. you were a UFC guy, TJ. Huge, man. I've been watching that forever, since the early days. Really? Yeah. Who's your favorite, other than, who, who's your favorite guy? Right now, M- Masvidal. You know, but, mm-hmm. uh, no, again, a lot of guys over the year. Back in the old day, you know, Ken, Ken Shamrock was uh, was awesome. If you look at his old pride fights, big, uh, you know, I always like Chuck Liddell back in his heyday. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, man. What, what want- got you? Okay, go ahead, Abe. No, I just wanted to respond to Alex Wilson, who said conference games determine who makes it to the playoffs and the bowl games. I understand that. But does playing at conference games only make it any less risky? That was my point. I mean, if right. you're going to play the conference games, just play the games. I don't think there's an inherent less risk to playing a conference game than a non-conference game. Is there a benefit or something that fits the agenda better? Yeah, but is this about less risk or is it about less risk while working on your agenda? I don't know. That's the problem with half of the legislation or these rules or no. these you know regulations. I think are put in place. Sorry to interrupt the UFC. UFC. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were so interested in Sorry. I apologize. I, I, that was my fault. No worries. My, but what got you into UFC? I, I did jujitsu when I, when I was younger and, uh, I, I, I liked that a lot. And, you know, just, you know, I think for, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, it's the last, or it's one of the last, it's two guys in the ring banging each other and one comes out, you know, with his arm raised. I mean, it, it goes right back to the primordial nature of man. Very little of that is left. How long did you do jujitsu? I did it when I was, uh, in my teens for like a couple of years. And then, uh, and then I, when I moved to Florida, you know, 15 years ago, I did, I did it for about another year or two. And then as I got older, I just, you know, I start getting hurt and, you know, you go to work, you know, with a you know black eye or whatever, from, you know, some <laughs> guy, you know, uh, hits you with his foot or whatever. And, and then you're like, ah, you know, I wasn't going to become a, a world champion or, you know, or anything. So I, I stopped doing it, but I still enjoy watching it. And my son does jujitsu. So I, I, enjoy, I still enjoy it a lot. He's not doing it now, right? No, no, they they, yeah. they don't have it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. We had to stop. Doing. My two young ones did um, mixed martial arts and they both had to stop and they haven't opened up again. It, that's just way too close contact. You know? Yeah. There's nothing you can, I mean, you can't yeah. do them. It's just impossible. It's the nature of it. So hopefully it opens up soon. Abe, are they doing tennis lessons and things like that? Tennis, yeah, it's outdoors. It really is not a need for physical, you know, contact. Or whatever. So, yeah, they, they've, continued, they've continued with tennis lessons. In fact, my middle daughter has now gone to training um, two hours a day, four days a week, because she really wants to be a competitive tennis player, and the coach actually thinks there might be a chance. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, she's, she's, hey, listen, I told her what it may entail. I told her what the lifestyle will be and whatever. And if that's what she wants to do, I support it until I see that's not what she wants to do. Right. You know, but um, she has some extremely good raw talent. And I like the current, this is, a, this is the third tennis coach they've had. I like him a lot. He's a good level-headed kid. Both his kids uh, played uh, tennis, one professionally, one collegially. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to ride this roller coaster, see where it goes. Maybe I can retire. Maybe I can retire early. Great sport. <laughs> Great sport tennis. But they do uh, the, they do the violin violin lessons still virtually. Yep. Um, and the piano instructor has been coming to the home uh, for the last two or three weeks. I think they started coming to the home. So it's just her and our kids. So she's one of the very few outsiders that will come to our house on a regular basis. Once does she a week. wear a mask while she's teaching lessons? I haven't been home. I would okay. assume so. But but you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. <laughs> and listen, obviously, I'm not. Look, I'm I'm just not that worried about it. my goal to living day to day is to live day to day as normal as possible and mitigate the risk as much as I can. I'm not trying to live a risk free life. You know, the moment the moment I walk out my front door, the risk of life is in question at any given moment, especially driving down here in Florida. Yeah, right? with or without. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, Jeez. with or without COVID, yeah, if you take 95, it's even that much higher. Yeah, right? COVID, COVID's so, nothing to 95. 95 yeah, is so, a god. Is it, is it, you know, my, the risk is eminent the minute I walk out the front door, so I just try to mitigate it, you know. I, I'm respectful. I'm courteous. I walk, you know, the gas station by our house yeah. where we live? I've walked, I, I, I go in there at least almost once every other day, right? And, you know, when they made the mandatory mask law, uh, they put big signs up on there. You know, Florida Paso. You know, I went in there with my mask, and then I walked in, and none of the clerks were wearing it. You know, uh, people were walking in. I said, okay, well, they're not enforcing it. So I've gotten used to walking in without my mask on. And I literally went there two days ago. 
walked in. Uh, there was a new guy behind the counter. He had a mask on. And I normally had a mask in my car at all times, but I took it to me when we, I took it with me when we went to uh, Cantonment. So I did, I forgot to put it back on my visor. And he goes, So I, I, I'm in the store. I've been waiting in line. I get to the register. I tell, I put myself on the counter, tell him what I want. And he looks at me and goes, Well, I can't sell it to you without a mask. I'm like, <laughs> That that triggers the uh, the infection, right? Did he, I've already did he been sell in, you a mask? <laughs> I've, I, well, I've already been in there for like at least six to eight minutes standing, right? And he's talking to me. Wait, first he starts ringing me up. He starts ringing me up, and when he's done ringing me up, he looks up and then he goes, "Oh, I can't sell it to you." I'm like, "Really?" I said, "You need me to go get my mask?" And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay." Walk out the court and then realize I didn't have it, and then I just went home. <laughs> I didn't make a big deal about it, but you know, well, personally, I, I watched my kids. We went into a restaurant last night. I took them all out to dinner and I watched my kids and it's it just, man, that mask is touching everything. I, I'm more, I'm more afraid. Honestly, my, this is my personal opinion. People can agree or disagree. I really don't care. It's my personal opinion. I'm more afraid of my kids getting the virus from this mask. Cause when they use their hands, you know, we've tried to tell them, don't try to avoid touching your face. And when they use your hands, we got like one of these bottles like everywhere. Yeah. So if we go out of the car, we go to a restaurant, we, if they use their hands, the first thing we do is make them spray, try to disinfect a little bit and mitigate the risk. But that mask, they put it down. They t- I saw my kid wiping his the table with his mask. <laughs> and then they go and they start touching their face and they put it on. I'm, I'm afraid of the mask. Well, but the thing to mention is that technically the mask is not necessarily to protect you. It's, it's to, to protect, protect the other people around you. Right. But you're right. You you're you're definitely not doing any any favors I, to anyone. I, I, do I have to choose between who to pretend? <laughs> <laughs> so so Abe, I don't know what it's like down there, but up here it's gotten so bad because mandatory masks have been have been um, in place here for a while, and they they have been arresting store owners that don't enforce it. There was a guy in Fire Island here a couple weeks ago that. So some guy showed up with coronavirus. He posted on social media that he had coronavirus and that he was a week into it and he was feeling a little better. The whole thing with coronavirus is that apparently you have it for a few days. Then you have like a slump where you feel a little bit better and then it comes back, you know, with full force the next week. That's why they say 14 days. This guy went to a huge party on the beach and there was a, a hut there with a with a bar the, nobody was enforcing masks. They arrested the owner of that bar. Same thing out in Montauk. We had heard about about a bar that was not enforcing the mask wearing policy indoors when people were going in. Just to go into the restroom, you're supposed to put a mask on, go inside, go to the restroom but, if you're indoors. See, that, that, that's what drives me nuts, right? So we walk in this restaurant last night. We all got our masks on, right? We get to the table. We all take our masks off. Right. Waitress comes, interacts with us. We don't got masks on. We're eating uh-huh. food. But but to walk back out the restaurant, we're supposed to put the masks on. Right. So is are we mitigating anything? Gr- Gruber almost got us uh, arrested at Morton Steakhouse. You know why he wasn't wearing a mask? Yeah. Well, no. You know what it was is that he, when he, he came in, you you have to have the mask on anytime you stand up. So if you like right. tuck, you just, so he didn't he didn't bring one. And so again, this is, shows you how crazy this is. It's like okay, use my mask. So I I can't get up. I have to like have somebody bring him my mask. He puts the mask on, comes and sits down, and then, you know, then he can stay. So now we've been sharing a mask for a guy, which I'm sure he loves, you know, 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was his dream. And uh, but then he went to go to the bathroom, and while he's going to the bathroom, a female manager runs in the bathroom and says, "You've got to put your mask on right now, or get out of here." And he, you know, he's like, uh, "Can I finish taking them? You know, a week?" <laughs> and uh, and and they just she was young. She I, called I, the police. I, we had to leave. I would have turned to the female manager. And immediately said, well, here, hold this while I put my mask on. <laughs> exactly what I would have done. I wouldn't even have stopped pissing. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm a pragmatist. We are, we are, we, in my opinion, we are trying to put sound science because masks and wearing masks is sound science. We're trying to put it above the practicality and the functionality it's impossible that the masks are going to really protect anything in the long run because human nature cannot keep it in a pristine, sterile manner. If a guy has it, that mask is going to be a contagion when he puts it down on a seat. So the efficacy of the policy, I don't believe, I believe is moot while the science of wearing masks may be sound, but nobody wants to hear that. Right. And the, the other thing that's going on here too, and I know what's going on in Florida too, is that they they're taking it out on the, on the store owner for enforcing the policy. Chrissy Critchfield mentioned that just now, but that's, that's the yeah, hard it's thing. Terrible. I mean, it's not their yeah, fault. Blame, the poor guy is just doing his job. I mean, right. you know, it, it don't, you know. it's just funny when you're sitting in a restaurant, there's like a bunch of people in there. Nobody has a mask on. They're sitting and then like, they stand up and it's like, ah, and then you start, they go nuts. It's like, <laughs> I mean, right. again, again, we, we just, I, I don't give anybody a hard time and I don't fight with anybody no, no. because it's, yeah. just, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it just to me, it's like crazy. You're completely relaxed if I'm sitting, and then I stand up, and you're like terrified. It's like, what's the what's the difference? I don't know. So listen, we keep. It's funny because it's such a part of our daily lives. We keep mm-hmm. finding our way back to COVID. So I know we're gonna take, we're gonna take a break now. Yeah. All right, a, little, a short one minute break. A word from our sponsor. After the segment, we're gonna have cigar coup, and we're gonna get more about uh, Terrence Riley and cigars right after this. Keep it lit. Hey everyone, Susan Giorgio here. Hi, this is Rich coming at you from South Florida. Hi, I'm Tom Stroud. Hey, it's Stephen Martin coming to you from Seattle, Washington. Hey everybody, I'm Jennifer True. Hey everyone, this is Alex Ryan. I'm a poker player, a dominoes player, a world traveler. I like to go sailing, hit the golf course, and drink some wine. I am a mother, I am a content creator. I'm also a husband, a father, and someone who really enjoys great cigars. Enjoying a Monte Cristo. In fact, the 50th anniversary Monte Cristo, a special limited edition. My favorite cigar, Monte Cristo Epic. Please take this opportunity to smoke one of our amazing Monte Cristo cigars. The Monte by Monte being my personal favorite. I am Monte Cristo. I am Monte Cristo. I am Monte Cristo. We We are are Monte Monte Cristo. Cristo. And welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live from very remote locations. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. Welcome back, loyal <laughs> listeners, libertarians. With me, of course, as always, the man, the myth, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning. Uh, live from New York, it's definitely Paul DeGracco in his Hi. mother-in-law's basement. I am. It is very hot down here, too. It's been hot and muggy. I mean, it's funny when people complain about it being hot because I, I've heard with the heat index down there by you guys, it's been like 110 every day. No, it's nuts. Oh, it's yeah. real hot. <laughs> but it's and, uh, it's been very humid here. So, so it's warm Paul, in the basement. Is, 
Is the pipe still dripping on you this week? No. I, you know, my mother-in-law said that she doesn't – it's random because you, you should see – their house is gorgeous. They've, they've built up on this house. The backyard is huge and has, like, jacuzzi and built-in pool and brick everywhere. It's gorgeous. She doesn't have central air here. It's such a – she's so old school she doesn't believe in central air. So there's, like, a couple of in-window, and she said it's from – there's an AC above me. And she said it's from that. It, it drips a little bit. But it's just funny to me. You, this house is is gorgeous. It's huge. And and there's in-window and in-wall AC units here. <laughs> it's just something you only find around here, I guess. But um, and if, and it of is course not you're still here. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Glad you're not getting dripped on. Yeah, thanks. And, yeah, okay. And our special guest, of course, our meet your maker, Mr. Terrence Riley. TJ, thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks again for having me, buddy. Now, now, I'm just curious, is TJ a nickname that you hear often, or is that just some intimate thing that Adam shares with you? No, I, I don't know how Adam ended up. Usually, if you met me before, you know, the age of, like, 20 or so, uh, you know me as TJ, and then anyone who knows me after that, it's Terrence. But then, sometimes, like, my, my uncle uh, Manolo would call me TJ, and so people would hear that, and so some people call me TJ, some people call me Terrence. So, I, uh, I, 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 I honestly, I, until you pointed it out, I don't even hear the difference. Like, I couldn't tell you what somebody calls me. I, every, I yeah, every time he calls you TJ, I'm like, who the hell is he talking to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got, it, I got it from the twins, okay? They yeah. called him TJ, and that, then I stole it from them, and I was like, oh, okay. I feel like it makes us closer. Adam, I've been called Adam, worse. I've been called worse. Adam, on a <laughs> level of one to Matt Booth, how much of a bromance do you have for, for Terrence Riley? Ooh. I feel like we're a nine. What would you say, TJ? Yeah, I think a nine's fair. I think a nine's okay. fair. I think there's a, a sl- just a slight healthy diff- you know, space between us, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> I just had some like regurgitated throw up come up. <laughs> do, you, do you guys socialize outside of work? I call him once in a while just to say hi, checking on him. Wow. Uh, if we could go out to uh breweries i would definitely drive to miami and go to a brewery with terrence yeah we gotta hit hit sun lab that's a good one oh i'm not familiar with that i'm gonna look that up very good very good stuff paul Paul, are you feeling left out that you don't have an interpersonal relationship with anybody that comes on kma (laughs) with 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 anybody anybody at all i'm actually pretty good with it pretty good with it (laughs) so uh terrence uh abe is smoking the torch i have one right here uh if i can get that in there uh, this space. is a new release you guys just launched. It's yeah. a hot cigar. What, what's the story behind this? So the tor- it's actually an old brand that we had. Uh, before like you get a- into the, before yeah. you get into that and you get into the torch, I'd like to understand the hierarchy because the JFR line now is kind of a little confusing, right? You got the yeah. JFR, then you got the JFR lunatic, then you get the JFR lunatic tour. I mean, what's what's the <laughs> mental transition of the line, the lineage? <laughs> what you have is well, JFR was obviously the original, and JFR yes. is, is mm-hmm. grandfathered. Uh, and so, with again, not to get into uh, which, for those who don't know, stands for just for retailers. Yes, and uh, so the original line was 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 created for uh, you know retailers only, uh, brick and mortar. And uh, um, as time went on, we've added the JFR lunatic line. Uh, the and then now we have the lunatic torch. Uh, so and so, so here's, the, here's my question. You yeah. might help me understand as a sure. marketing guy and a cigar manufacturer, right? Yeah. So you have a JFR line. Yeah. What's the rationale to make a JFR lunatic? Why not just come out with lunatic? I, I mean, so the original lunatic, uh, I was not around for, for that. That was before my time. So the reasoning, I, I'm, I can't really speak to for why they did it back then. But certainly now, 
having that original line grandfathered is useful for FDA purposes. That's why, for instance, Casa Fernandez uh, is, still, is still in the name with uh, uh, a lot of the Agonorsis stuff. So that's less of a marketing thing than uh, than for you know legal reasons than anything else. Okay. I, now, now it makes sense. I'm that does make that. sense now. Yes. Well, we because we had a we had a little what what show was it? I don't remember who the guest was when we had a love fest for Terrence and he and he was listening where we were talking about uh, all the things that that the industry uh, has it, recognized. It was uh, Mike no, Bellity. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it was Mike Bellity. Oh yes. yeah, it was a great episode. One of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> but but in 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 all seriousness, Terrence, when you when you came over to Cast Fernandez, I mean it's. Obviously, we won't ask your opinion on this, but but Abe has mentioned that there was some confusion about it, that there there maybe wasn't the best brand recognition for it. People confused it with other brands. When you decided to to go to Casa Fernandez, uh, now Aganorsa, do you, did you have this plan already? Like, was this part of like your say interview? Better, better yet, was it part of your pitch? Was that yeah. a contingency on you taking the job? That's where I was going. Yeah, did you pitch yeah. this idea when you when you were sitting down? talking about going over there because that's a risky move because if you don't like it you don't get hired right right yeah i mean so i mean the reason i ended up here was yeah is basically i that i saw the problem was that it didn't have the brand recognition it was very confusing and Mm -hmm. uh and and the product though was great and they have a great system and they have a great organization and it was just you know the best brand you haven't really heard of or don't understand is one you don't buy and so, yeah, that was very much from the very beginning is, is uh, the shift to, to Aganorsa and, the, and it being more about the leaf um, and our tobacco and how, and how it's special and, and it has a unique flavor profile. And everything has kind of been based around that. And that was from the beginning. Um, to give some credit to Nick Malillo and Dion uh, Giolito, they, they, they pushed for us. I, my original vision was to do it over the course of time. I, I was going to be more of a gradual transition. Um, but after about, I would say four months or so, uh, they, they said, you should just, you know, tear the bandaid off and do it. And, uh, and that was actually a great, you know, they were right. So that, that was, it was good that they, uh, we did it that way. I need to clarify what the beginning means, because for me, this is a def- definite definitive on how big the balls of Terrence Riley is. Right. <laughs> so is the beginning mean that this was a, an idea pitched prior to hiring because it poses multiple risks. Right. It could show your innovation or it could turn the guy completely off. You don't get hired or three. They could love it, not hire you and do it. Right. <laughs> right? So, so was this pitch prior to hiring or when you say in the beginning that was after you were officially no, hired? No, I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was as detailed about it as I was in, until I got hired. But I definitely <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest with you, if they had they, if they had said well, we don't want to do that or that we don't like that idea. I mean, I, I was I was very fortunate that I had various opportunities so that it wasn't the only place I could have potentially gone. And what was attractive to me would be doing that process, would be uh, would be rebranding and and be really bringing attention to the, the quality of the product and, and getting people to understand okay. it. And and so that would if they didn't like that idea, I would have not come here. So that, they, but that they, they were very open question. to it. That was my next question because I, I, you know, I like to ask the questions that cut deep because if I'm in your shoes and I realize what needs to be changed, you kind of need to know that they're willing or open to that change. Otherwise, how do you take the job? No, that was, I mean, that was, well, I said, listen, if you think, I, I think that's probably a good thing anytime you, you go anywhere is a lot of times people, what they want to do is they want to do things exactly as they're doing them, but have a new person. And that doesn't really work uh, you, if you, it's just exactly. a different face. 
So you've got to be willing to change. And I, I said, listen, we have to, we're going to have to do things differently than we've been doing them. We're going to have to really uh, revamp our image. And, and it's not going to, you know, sometimes people are, you know, Fernandez is Eduardo's last name. Sometimes people, you know, can get touchy about that kind of stuff. So I, I wanted to, from the beginning, be like, this is what the plan will be. And this would be why I would come here. And if that's not what you really want to do, then that's great. It's your company. But they were... 100% behind it. And they, and they've been great. I mean, uh, there's very few things that I haven't been able to implement that I've wanted to. And, and, uh, they've been very supportive and it's, and I'm very lucky to have, uh, have their backing. Good for you. I salute you. That's yeah, really. I mean, thank you. You, you had kind of done this with, with, uh, with Quesada too, right? I mean, we talked about that a little bit that, that you kind of, I, I think a lot of people in the industry give you the credit for, for bringing it to, to its prominence in the industry. And, and, making people aware of the brand so you, you had some experience as well behind your idea it wasn't wasn't just randomly coming in and saying yeah here's what we got to change everything and we have to do this i mean you you had done it yeah i mean again let's also be clear here it takes a lot of people to to implement something well it wasn't like one person one person doesn't do anything the person puts the bands on the cigars with too much glue and it tears the wrapper now you got a bad cigar <laughs> right. i mean like so everyone's got to do their job well uh, yeah, I mean, again, I did have some experience. I, w- I would say that uh, the difference here is that I've made it, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really like with Oktoberfest that I, I'm a big beer guy, big beer with cigars. I, a lot of the projects were kind of tied to me, to me in some way at Casada, And I haven't really done that here at all. I've, I've really had the focus be on, on our, our product, on the tobacco we grow, on how it creates a signature flavor, how, how that process works where we do that and it's it's a genuine process and it's not you know we age tobacco and castro's beard and nuclear reactors in north korea and crazy stories it's a it's a real thing um and bringing that to life and showing how we do that um has been much more the focus i've I've tried to not have uh myself be tied into any of that or you need to know me or have some sort of relationship with me in order to appreciate it and so uh, that's been kind of the difference well, before we bring Coop on, I, I just got to ask, because I, I, I try to read through the chats, why is your hair such a hot topic of conversation this morning? I don't really <laughs> see it. I don't see it any differently, but it seems to be the utter conversation throughout the kind of show, what you've done differently with your hair today. My hair has been the same since I was 14. I saw uh, Brad Pitt in Seven, and I like that style, and I've been... Uh, I've been- <laughs> It's the same thing. Juan Cancel recently has gotten uh, on a, a kick about my hair for whatever reason. Well, someone made the comments early on. Juan has jumped on and made a comment. And Ronnie Hair Ronnie Hayes says, "No, your hair is Agonorsa leaf. That's all." <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that it's such a you know an interesting topic of conversation. I guess I, I never have that problem. <laughs> Neither does Paul. No, <laughs> I, my wife's been cutting my hair in the backyard. It's it's when, when it's you a lot cheaper. When are you going back to Mr. Clean, man? Uh, no, you know what? I have the the cutter here. I just haven't done it since we've been here because it's I, I don't know. There's not really an excuse. I just laziness. did it recently. I love the baby feel. Look, 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 look at Adam's hair. It's got all slicked back. It, you know, he looks like a Latin guy, <laughs> like some sort of dancer. Some Adam's he is a great, great dancer. Adam's looking like Charlie Sheen from Wall Street this morning. <laughs> no, but Abe, if you hadn't noticed when during quarantine, parents was. Terrence was posting a lot of pictures of, of his hair. He likes to post pictures of his son's hair because his son has wild hair in the morning. So Terrence's hair, his hair got pretty long. I, I would I would it did. say you would agree. So yes, I think got, that's probably ridiculous. why. Yeah, maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't know why it's such a big topic today. This is what 
my hair's looked like since I was about 14. So that's all I can tell you. <laughs> Do you go to the same person from when you were 14? It, no. If I, in my life, I would say three people have given me 99% of all my haircuts. I went to the Jeez. same person, you know, this person that cuts my hair, I've been going to, to the same person for over 10 years. That's that's another thing you have in common with Adam. He won't let any, anybody else touch yeah. his hair. I like I like going in there, sitting down. I don't have to explain. Oh, a little bit longer. Short. That person just knows what to do. They do it, and then I I leave and get on with my life. Mm-hmm. I have full faith in my stylist. That's why I go to her. He does love her. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's Good. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Julie. Anyway, uh, we got off topic. We were talking about the lunatic and the torch. Oh yeah. And we totally didn't get into that. And you were saying, you started by saying that the Lunatic was an older brand. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an older uh, brand that we had. Again, like a lot of our products, it was something that was just a great blend, uh, really flavorful. Uh, people really loved it when they smoked it. But the, it, was, it came in one size in like a 30-count box, and it was like a Churchill size. And instead of having the, the brush foot you see now, where it's just mm-hmm. the, the, the wrapper is removed from the last uh, you know, half inch, um, it had like a shaggy foot, which you know, had the tobacco jutting out more. And you had to smoke that for about a half hour before you actually got to the cigar, um, which was a little bit too long. So we made some adjustments and, uh, it, it's a perfect cigar for Aganorsa because we do these Aganorsa experiences. I think you've all done them where you smoke the fumas of our tobacco, uh, and you get to see how they contribute to the blend. And, uh, and in this case, what we did is, uh, you, 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 instead of having to attend an event or, or be present when we're, you know, you know, if you're not happen to, you know, take your daughter to, uh, to ballet practice or whatever, uh, and you miss the event, you don't get to try it. Whereas with this cigar, anybody can buy it and, and they're going to taste the binder and filler tobaccos, see how that, uh, has a, a, a very potent flavor and then becomes more rounded out once it hits our Kodoho 99 wrapper. And so it's, it's a little bit way to have an Aganorsa experience for anybody, um, regardless of whether you can ever get to one of our events or not. You know, I won't claim that I was the first person to do this, but I don't know if you know this or not, but back in 2011, when we did our, I think fourth, no, third micro blend of our micro blend series, that was one of the things that we did with the El Ijo by my father's cigars. We purposely let the, it wasn't shaggy like that. It was just clean cut. Yeah. But we, we let the binder and the filler extrude like a half an inch. Yeah, I remember. From where the, from where the wrapper started, just for that same reasoning. So, you know. It was a great cigar, too. It was it a great cigar. It it's is. still you. a great yeah. cigar. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I, 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 I always thought that was a very interesting idea. And, 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 I, and I think there's actually a couple companies that have done it over the time, too. So it's, it's you know, I, I can't honestly I can't tell you if I was the first to do it or where that idea came from at the time. But that's as far back as I can remember it going. Elliot, you know, is what, 2012? 11. Because it was one of our first four. Our first one yeah. was 2010. No, it was it, wait, December, tw- December 2010 yeah. was the was the anarchy. It, December 10, mm-hmm. 2010, was the Anarchy, and that was the first of the four series because our anniversary, our 15th, was really the 11, and that's when the other two came out. I think it was Padron, my father, and then Fuente were the first four. That's yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty sure it was 2012, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was 2012, the LEO? No? I remember you gave me one. I, I almost positive it was 2012. Well, you know what? We can well, easily find out. Uh, Coop knows. He knows. Well, I, I, He's got a little library to research behind him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 2011. Ooh. Wow, Adam was it wrong. Made, it made the 2011. I, I was wrong. I yeah. think 
I think I think I was wrong. Me, I think somebody owes me a signed dollar bill. <laughs> well, we, well, there was no betting going. Yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't. I should have. Yeah. I should have. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> You're smart. Wait, do you have any Terrence signed dollar bills, Abe? Nope. No. No. I'm not. I'm not wrong too often. No. And, anyway, and if, joining, if you might okay. be, you won't bet. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> anyway, now joining us from his study in the hills of North Carolina, Mr. William Cooper. Koopa Loop, what's happening, buddy? Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Coop. Hey, yeah. Hey, Terrence. Uh, doing, so, Coop, uh, back in good. the study, we see. How's things going? Um, they're going. They're going well. They're going well. Um, you know, I've been. Uh, it's kind of getting a little crazy here in North Carolina again. Yep. Um, which is not a good sign. Which is not a good sign. Uh, my son actually had to get tested for COVID. Oh. We're back on COVID. Oh, did he? Did he, did he yeah. Well, he was exposed to it at his job. Um, but he has no symptoms. Uh, but we don't have the final result back. So we, that that's, that stinks. Yeah. We always find our way back to COVID. Yeah. It's that's, just, a, it, that's a heck of a library you got there. It, 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 the, this oh, is the library. Good. Yeah, this is the library, Terrence. Wow. Lots like of it. great reading material. You know, it, The parlor is right across the hall, by the way. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> he's trying the- to downplay the size of his house now when he comes on. Yeah, he's got a mansion. I'm yeah. telling you. The Coop Mansion. It's like uh, it's like Elvis's place. It's like Graceland. <laughs> I, only have, I only have one place. I'm not like Bellity, who's got like multiple places around the world. I mean, <laughs> I, but listen, before we get too far, I don't want people to think I'm being egotistical because I've been waving this stack of cash on the camera. These are the signed dollar bills I have won. Abe, you are right. I am wrong. So I'm just letting. I'm trying to forewarn Terrence Riley that I'm not part of the collection, though, am I? We'll, I'm not we'll part of the collection. We'll get one in here. What's that, Adam? I got one. one that he won. I got one. He got one. Wait, hold on. I want to zoom in on it. Keep it up. Wow. How, how about the times Abe loses these bets? We only hit it times when he wins. No, no. because it only happened three to four times. <laughs> no, because the other because the other people aren't as egotistical as him, and they don't have to tell everybody every five minutes that they won no, money from people. No, because the other people have won. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> they, they don't have a lot to brag about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when Abe loses, he has to try and find some kind of, like, technical reason why he didn't really lose like with the peter chris thing with kiss when when him and i had a little bet that no, peter chris adam, was an employee adam back me up on this was he dead wrong he was wrong i was hey, not dead wrong no you of were course, wrong me, of course when you lose you try to find some reason why it's a technical issue but here's a second third party who said you were just dead wrong adam well, will say whatever he has to say to nope you, you were no he, he totally won't he just <laughs> threw up a dollar bill to embarrass me so yeah, no. Adam's not afraid. I'm gonna tell you something. If there's one person who's really not afraid, no matter what I say or do, it's just kind of Adam. Because you have to have emotion to have fear. That's true. So let's get back to Coop. Anyway, Coop, what's happening? It's been two weeks. Uh, a lot's going on. So what do you want to lead off with this week? Uh, you want to start with good news or bad news? Uh, let's go with the good news. All right. So good news is the uh, appeals court this week struck down the FDA's warning labels, giving the cigar industry a win. This was very good news. Is that good or is that great news? It's, I think it's great news. Yeah, I, that's I, what it, I think. It, I think. I think it was a little underplayed. Yeah. yeah. Well, because what happened, there was a little confusion, is that a few months ago, 
the district court um, overruled warning labels for premium cigars, right? So that was struck. The appeals court, actually, this was for another ruling that was set a couple years ago, and that was an original ruling in favor of the FDA. This appeals court overturned it, and now it's for all tobacco products. I think this is a good thing. Anytime you strike uh, something that the FDA was trying to regulate, it's a it's a good thing. Their, so armor, is a, their armor is proven not to be bulletproof. What do you mean by that? That means, like, look, no, nobody thinks like it's so impossible to actually win anything against the FDA, and, you know, they're not bulletproof. They can lose. No, they, they can. It seems like the warning label thing has been um, not – they have not been very successful on that. The The big court hearing is going to be the end of the month, which is the substantial equivalence where they're challenging the regulations as a whole. That's going to be a bigger hurdle to overcome for sure, um, where I don't – I. I don't look at the industry's chances as being very good on that, but they're going to take a shot at that. Um, but nonetheless, like I said, uh, warning labels are not going to be around, at least for the near future. I mean, the FDA could always come back with a new set of warning labels. What, what happened is the court ruled saying that the FDA was unable to prove that by putting these things on the warning labels, it was going to detract people from, from using product. That's really what came down to here. Now, Terrence, as a manufacturer, what was your response to this ruling from this week? Or did you guys change what you had already had in place? No, we, I mean we we, we were uh, we were happy that it happened. Obviously, you know, again, it was uh, it was pretty self-explanatory. I mean, right now there's not warning labels, so it's not like it, anything really changed. It's just that you have the comfort of knowing that there aren't going to be any. Well, and, let me ask let me ask you this: as many other companies have, did you do anything in preparation for it? companies changed packaging, changed yeah. where logos were on boxes? They made a lot of move. A lot of people made a lot of moves preparing for this did you guys uh we we submitted the plan you had to submit the warning label plan and how the warning labels would appear and how often they would appear um but we we hadn't put any money into actually like re realigning boxes or anything like that well so. i think i think some of the things that, that happened was people who ran out of packaging who had to redo more packaging right yeah they, you gotta, they, figured out. they they made adjustments based on this because i started noticing logos moving on boxes with a huge amount of area, like, why would you center that logo? Yeah, and we did a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. And then I realized it was making room in case they had to put a warning label on it. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, Agonor Sleep Connecticut, that box, like, the, the logo should be bigger. In fact, we should probably adjust that soon. But it was because we figured the top, you know, right. part would be have a yeah. warning label. So, yeah. Oh, All right. Let me, so let, me give, let me give you one more thought on this, though. Um, I, you know, the one thing that kind of, and I hate being the negative guy here, is, the FDA may start considering plain packaging and just abandon this entirely. So um, that's something to watch is what I'll say too. Let's not take a trip to negative town, Coop. Okay. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. And I know Glenn Loop is listening and probably should ask right. you. But if they plain package cigars, that means they'd have to plain package cigarettes too, right? Yes. Never going to happen. Um, it's, I never say never. I mean, it's something I'll we should never be worried say about. Never, but I can't imagine any of these legacy. I mean, look, these are legacy brands. Marlboro yeah. is a legacy brand. It's American heritage. You know, I mean, it's American, you know, culture. I mean, I don't care how, how you feel about smoking. Right. I mean, we're old enough to remember the Marlboro man. Right. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. There's no way that they're going to allow that brand or want that brand to look the same as any other pack of cigarettes on the shelf. Abe, I, I don't disagree with that. You know, like I know Australia and Canada have gone down this road already, right? 
um, particular Canada. But the difference is you have these companies based in the U.S. here. And this is a case where I could see Big Tobacco having a lot more power to, to fight this off than maybe in Canada. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah this, so this, I don't. This could be. This could be the one instance their help is aligned with us and and, and may help us. You never know. <laughs> this is a strange. I mean, listen, I'm not saying they would consciously work together on it, but let's face it: if they fight the fight, it, it could benefit us. Oh, oh, very much. I mean, we've seen this with other cases already with the F, where we've actually aligned ourselves with the FDA in certain cases. So you never know. All right. So, Coop, what's the bad news? Uh, well, sad news actually is the passing of Gene Tipton uh, that happened on Sunday right now, last past Sunday right now. So uh, I know that Gene was ill for a while. And um, for folks who don't know, Gene was um, he's pretty much a legendary figure in, you know, especially the world of cigar sales. I mean, he spent uh, five decades at Altidus, um, retired in 2014. And in 2015, uh, Jim Colucci lures him out of retirement to go to Syndicato for another five years. So, um, you know, beloved figure, you know, the tributes were pouring in all week for, for Gene. I met him once, um, smoked with him once and he just, it was like smoking with my uncle. It was, yep. it was, it was a great afternoon. Yeah. He was just a gentleman. He was just a, a yeah. he was like that, the image of that classic old school cigar guy. Just, uh, you know, he was an amazing guy. Class act. Yeah. I had the honor and privilege of knowing Gene for over 20 years and oh, wow. yeah, yeah. And what I could say about Gene is. Every now and then you come across somebody special who's the epitome of that industry. Yeah. Gene was that guy. Gene was the personification of not only the cigar industry, but the cigar lifestyle. I mean, first off, I don't think I ever met him once anywhere in 20 years without a cigar in his hand, yeah. a cigar in his mouth, and three in his pocket. Okay? But he was the epitome of what makes he, – he was the epitome of all that was good in this industry, whether it be – just the traditions, the appreciation of the culture, the appreciation of the business side of it, the appreciation of the relationships from the business side of it. Um, it, it was really a sad day when I heard that morning he had passed. And um, uh, honestly, the industry is a lot less for it today. So um, our condolences to his family. He's, he's a loved guy. He's going to be missed by a lot of people. And just the nicest freaking guy anyone ever met yeah. in the history yeah. of the world, and yeah. the most welcoming person. And Coop, you said it best. It was like you were smoking with your uncle. Yeah. I really did. I, I met him like once. Uh, he was in Charlotte. He went into uh, Tinderbox of Craig Cash, and uh, I, you know I knew a Gene, but I'd never met him. And um, I, got, I ended up talking to him at least for a couple hours over a cigar. It, it was it was great. He was he was an industry guy, so most consumers won't really know him unless he. You know, yeah. you, were one of, you were one of those lucky shops on his tour that he would visit or frequent, you know, on a regular basis. And if you were, the consumers knew him and they loved him. I mean, he's just that kind of guy. Oh, I have a great story about his. Uh, he, he had a retirement party and uh, there were over 300 people packed out the entire establishment that night. And it was over that. It was crazy because everybody, everybody who ever met the guy loved him immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the original war- road warrior. We talked about you know how much time Terrence spends on the road, but your know, Gene was that original road warrior. Um, I mean, he was telling me how many weeks a year he spent on the road. Which, uh, Back with no GPS. No GPS. <laughs> no GPS or anything like that. Yeah. It's funny. No airport selfies. No airport yeah. selfies. Yeah. It, it, it's funny you say that because I had to explain to my children how we used to find addresses and directions back in the day. And they're like, what? Yeah, paper yeah, man. Yeah, yeah we, 
Yeah, we had to, you know, you knew street block and you knew it was in the area. And then eventually you had to get yourself close. And then you rolled down the window and asked somebody in the area, hey, where exactly is Baker Street? They're like, you're kidding. Like, nope. That's how we used to find. See, I had I had MapQuest when I first started driving. We, Before we didn't the internet, have GPS. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're a young guy. <laughs> yeah. All right, Coop. What else is happening in the news this week? Um. So you. Got, I mean, I hate to bring COVID up again, but there is something that, that came up this week. Um. Actually, over the past couple of days. So a lot of people are asking about the TPE trade show right now. What's going to happen with that? Um. And I think we were mentioned a couple weeks ago. I said that that TPE had been reaching out to certain manufacturers, kind of trying to get a pulse. Um, right now, TP, they haven't made any decision on, on the trade show other than they are basically announced uh, cancellation policies um, if, this is, if, if the show is canceled for exhibitors and attendees. So it's kind of telling us they're thinking about it, obviously, right now. They're not blind to the fact. Um, but right now, they have, they have not canceled the show as of yet. When is it supposed to be, Coop? It is in uh, January 27th through January 29th, 2021. And uh, Terrence, are you planning on going to TPE? Yeah, we we, we are planning. We have a, a booth uh, reserved. Well, but again, who knows? I mean, that's, before, uh, I'm trying to get through today. <laughs> well, be, be, before TPE, I think it's going to be important to see what happens because, from what I've heard, that they're still planning the big smoke in November, um, which is interesting um, because I've talked with some manufacturers, and their response is, "Look, we'll send you the cigars." but no one from our company will be there. Huh. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Now, does, does does your company partake in the big smoke? We have in the past. Uh, we, we haven't in the last uh, year or so, but we have in the past. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because that's in November. You know, because, look, for our, my own reasons, I'm carefully watching, you know, who's doing events sure. and what's going to happen because we're still, I mean, look, forget January, forget November. We're on the cusp of thinking what we're going to do for February, mid-February. Sure. It's a 50-50 chance we may have this. We will. Okay, so listen, anybody who's listening out there who's a great smoke fan, my, obviously, in my opinion, one of the best events you can go to in the country, um, we will have a great smoke in 2021. It just depends what we're going to have. Because, How you do it. Yeah, we have a very, we have a very good and it's still evolving contingency plan to do a, a real virtual event, but unlike anything that anybody has seen, even to date, even with the awesome production that um, the guys from La Polina did with the lockdown, we're, we're talking something way on the next level that will still be somewhat interactive and whatever. And But we're, we're working on that as a contingency because we, we're not definitive if there'll be an actual physical event in 2021. Yeah, you know, Abe, you mentioned Vegas. Um I don't know. They're still in technically this phase two. So until phase two is lifted in Vegas, um, you don't know whether you can have a gathering that large is going to be the big question right now. You just don't. They well, may not, me, they, yeah. I got news for you. After they lift phase two, you still don't know if you're going to have a gathering that large. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and they, have, they have, I assume there's a similar problem in South Florida with, with Big Smoke Miami. The week before, well, a couple weeks before, it's like October 31st. I think that one's another one to watch well, right that, now. that Big Smoke Miami is a reschedule of the one supposed to be in March or April. Yeah. You know, and I, I can't see that happening this year. Especially what's been going on the last two weeks there. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, Miami's, Miami, you know, most of the regulation and, and, and uh, codes that are being passed typically start in Miami and work its way 
to other counties. So Miami is like the last spot that will probably go to any kind of normal spec to any kind of normalcy. Is it great? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's a lot, there's a lot of questions. Hey, before you live in it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I didn't need to, I didn't need to put your you know, thumb in the wound though, but yeah. Right? <laughs> I wasn't trying to. I'm <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, Coop, what else is going on this week? Um, there was some product news. I think the uh, the big announcement came out of Espinosa this week uh, with the announcement of the 601 La Bamba Warhead 6. Um, and um, that's the annual broadleaf release that they do uh, based off the La Bamba line, but it uses the broadleaf wrapper. This year's going to be a little different. They're using a 5x58 Figurato. And normally that is a uh, a box press patola, but this year it's going to be a rounded one, so it's the first time it's going to be rounded. And the 58 ring gauge is going to be um, the thickest to date. That's a big sell. I mean, they're doing a thousand boxes, ten count boxes. Espinosa goes through those boxes. They that's something that sells very well for them. Not to be the you know, I'm sure you're the you know epitome of a journalist, but is it they're rounded or they're just round? Uh <laughs> They're just rounded. curious. It sounded weird. These are rounded. Um, it's probably round is simpler and easier. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I think they're just. I just think they're round stars. Coop's editing his article now. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah. So, so, yeah, so we can expect to start to see those hit the shelves uh, probably later this month. Right now. Excellent. All right. Actually, you talking about the warhead? It is, I think it's hitting the ground next week. Okay, so it's even quicker. Yeah, I thought they were arriving next week. No, I well, they they are arriving in Miami and getting ready to ship. I, I believe um, uh, next week, early next week. So yep. yeah, because I know some people have already started taking pre-orders for them. People. <laughs> what else is going on? Um, some more product announcements. If you're an Alec Bradley Fine and Rare fan, um, they're going to have a commemorative limited edition set featuring the five uh, blends that have been rotated through the Fine and Rare series over the past 10 years. So they're going to um, start selling those. The set is going to have five cigars of each of the five blends right now. It's going to be in a commemorative box, um, and they'll start taking orders for that on the big traveling roadshow, which is starting next week. I've seen pictures of this. It's a very, I've seen it well-refined, looks like packaging. So they're going to have five of the 10 different blends they've had? Well, it's been 10 releases, but there's been five blends, and some of them have been released multiple times, the blends. So so is it a 25-count box? It's a 25-count box. And do we have any idea what the retail is in that 25-count box? $600. Wow. That could be the steepest Alec Bradley product in the history of mankind. Yep. Nice. It is a, it's a bit, yeah, fine and rare is, is not a cheap, I mean, that's a cigar that probably goes for 20 to $25, depending on which blend it's been to begin with. So it's not a, that's not a cheap cigar either. Um, but they've been setting aside for the past four or five years, some of the blends um, with the idea that Alan Rubin was doing it with the idea on some, at some point releasing the, um, the commemorative set, and there's going to be 500 of these units sold. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Anything else happening this week, Coop? Uh, another announcement. Um, Onyx, a, bo- a brand, brand by uh, Altidus USA, um, they have a new release. It's going to be called the Onyx Bold Nicaragua. And uh, for that brand, uh, Altidus is turning back to AJ Fernandez to blend it again. So they're going to try to revitalize the Onyx uh, brand a bit, which about 10 years ago, the Onyx brand had, had a lot of legs. It was pretty popular. 
Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And once again, they're going back to AJ. They're going back to AJ. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, AJ seems to have his footprint on each of the lines right now with, with Altidus. Um, so I think this is the latest one that he's got his footprint on. I'm not sure which he, Henry Clay now is on it. So it's almost all the, all the Altidus lines have, have an AJ stamp on it in one way or another. So at what point does he become a member of the Grupo de Maestros? Well, I don't think I don't know. It's a, you know because the Grupo de Maestros is technically Dominican, so I don't know. I don't think technically they'll do that. Maybe they make him an honorary member. I don't know. All right. Anything else going on this week, Coop? Um, that, that, like I said, it was a pretty full week this week. All right. Uh, what's happening on cigar-coop.com this week? Got any uh, new reviews this week? Uh, yeah, we got the uh, speaking of Alec Bradley, the Alec Bradley Shamrocks coming up for review. Um, the Asylum 7, which was a, a cigar released last year at the trade shows coming up, as well as Don Lino Africa. Wait, is and, the Shamrock the same thing as the Filthy Hooligan, or are there two different cigars? Uh, the different cigars, this one, two, the Filthy Hooligan's a barber pole. This is one, I think, it's got like three or four different wrappers on it. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure if they ended up changing the name, because um, when, when Alan was on our show last, he did express that somebody had complained about the name. Um, they, it's Filthy Hooligan, it's funny, because... It started out originally as Dirty Hooligan, okay? And then right. there was, I guess, Jonathan and Alan, Jonathan Drew and Alan talked about it, and Jonathan wasn't too happy with it. Alan changed it to Filthy Hooligan, um, and now sh- it's technically Filthy Hooligan Shamrock. So um, that that's my understanding of the story. Okay. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you closed the book on cigars to be considered for cigars of the year on CigarCoop.com this week. Yes, so they had to be released by Thursday because technically that was the eve of the trade show, and um, they can still be reviewed through October 31st, though. But anything that's released post that will be 2021 eligible, and I do that because it makes it a lot easier to go through review cycles, and then you're not rushing cigars in at the end of the year to get on the list. Yeah, very God. good. I was worried there. I thought we 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 were out. You you have it's t- Terrence. I can also at least got a seven year streak on the coop list. It's it's tied for the longest. We, we want to keep going. We want to keep that going. <laughs> Come on, TJ. You got to get it going there. Put out some good product. They've been doing really good. I mean, if you guys you guys have talked about the torch before, I smoked that when Terrence and Eduardo were on the show. Fantastic blend. I mean that 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 torch that that Toro size is really good. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. All I still right. can't find I still can't, I still can't find Supreme Leafs, Terrence, but that's okay. Talk to Abe. Talk to Abe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Coop, you're not calling the right people, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the phone call. I looked for them when I was out in Montauk. I couldn't find them. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, oh. See, look at there, right there. There you go. Yeah. You, might, you may know some people, Coop. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have a conversation offline. <laughs> yes, we know some people. <laughs> You know the people to call. Yeah, yeah. I I still haven't smoked it. But, but I got to give Terrence and Agonarsa credit. This is a limited edition cigar that people are like really trying to get. Are I mean, twenty me? limited edition that's been hard to get. Yeah, it sold out like in twenty minutes. I mean, wow. it's a great testament Literally, to what, what you guys are all doing. Yeah. I always have to keep a couple bullets in the chamber just in case, you know. Oh, like, yeah. what? Just in case a, a big wig like Coop shows up with his exactly. Library, <laughs> that's that's why. Yep. Yeah. Do you smoke in that library? No, I don't. It's kind of, Terrence, like you, I, I kind of make the choice where to smoke. Um, and I choose sure not you to do. Smoke. I don't. I don't know that <laughs> that 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 library. I don't know. I, I if I had a library like that, I'd be tempted to smoke in it. It but looks like a place scotch, you should smoke. Yeah, a monocle maybe. A <laughs> <top hat. laughs> 
Coop, I, I don't know. Coop, your wife does, you don't look. smoke in the house at all, right, Coop? No, I do. Um, but I have it. I have the garage has HVAC, so it is indoors and uh, it is used for smoking. So I have one question. When's the last time anything on that bookshelf has been touched or moved? Um, you I know, mean, my that, wife's a big avid reader, but I think that they go on there and they don't come back off. That's, that's not a functioning bookshelf. That's just a showpiece, right? It, it's like there you go. There's he a door. He yeah. just moved it. <laughs> he, he, he pulls the book out. There's a door to a secret <laughs> Right. I was going to say that none of them are real. Yeah. Uh, they're real. These are like encyclo- world book encyclopedias I got here. You know, you know, they make those things that look like books just for bookshelves, right? These are legitimate. No, no, I know, but they do have that. Like, you ever, go to, bed, you ever go to Bed Bath & Beyond and look at the towels all stacked up? You know, they're not real yeah. towels. It's yeah. like one oh. towel on a corrugated foam board that looks yeah. like it's 20 stacked towels on top of each other. Yeah. No, you can buy It's basically a cardboard box, but the outside is book binders. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Hide stuff in there. Yeah. And this episode of How to Redecorate Your House brought to you by KMA Talk Radio. <laughs> Actually brought to you by Cigar Coop. There you yes, go. Also true, yes. There you go. All right. Uh, with that, Actually, is it time to see? I'm going to tease something while I got Coop on. Uh, we're, pu- uh, we're putting together on our retail side a very awesome project that we're calling Battle of the Bands. And Coop will be one of the contestants yep. in the competition. Ooh. So, yes, it should we should have all the final news released out in the next 30 days, but it's going to be something really, really fun, and yeah. I'm excited about it. And I'm going to – really, uh, The concept to me, and I, I, I'll just say it's a great concept. It really is. I'm excited and honored to be a part of it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, even even after he screwed you with the Great American Jerk-Off. Coop? <laughs> yeah. Payback, baby. Payback. Well, we got <laughs> – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no judging. There's no. I have nothing to do with the Next outcome. Next year, I'm out of the judging. It's, I'm going to be more of the organizing uh, party, so there'll be a panel we're putting together, so that will be fixed. <laughs> you'll, you'll be the MC. Yeah. There we go. Not the official judge. Anyway, let's see. This week, who belongs in a cigar insane asylum? All right. So, by the way, Terrence, are you a jerky guy? Ah, uh, who isn't? Uh, there are people. Now, do you ever make it, or you just consume it? I, I'm a fan of eating things. I don't really like <laughs> making them that much. Yes. I like to, somebody else to make them, and then I eat it. I think that's okay. a fair partnership. All right. So let's see who belongs in a cigar and sale asylum. This week's inductee must really have some hangups from his old high school days. Security cameras caught Matthew Crandall of North Fort Myers, Florida, on video trashing Miramar High School. The video showed Crandall broke into the school around 7 a.m. Monday. He coughed flooding in the hallways, vandalized the classrooms, walls, and hallways throughout the school in Broward County for approximately 24 hours, police said. As if the act vandalizing an empty school isn't bad enough, he wore only a hat and headphones. That's it. Nothing else. Was this a meth? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> once again, kids, don't do meth. The it was name- not specified. It was not specified, but we can assume. <laughs> yeah. The damage the naked man caused in a 24-hour period, uh, would you like to guess, Terrence? How much? Uh, $20,000. $100,000. Jeez. Yeah. In fact, I hope he was doing meth. At least right? an excuse. You know? Police, <laughs> Police said Crandall is charged with burglary and criminal mischief. Congratulations, Mr. Crandall. You are this week's inductee into the Cigar Insane Asylum. 
Thank you very much, weirdo. Yeah, good weirdo. Yeah. Amazing he was up for 24 hours and nobody caught him or he didn't uh, set off a security alarm or anything. Well, that's the thing. How did they not have any kind of alarms on a school? I mean, that is that is strange. Yeah, kind of makes you a little kind of makes you a little worried when your kids go back to school. (laughs) He wasn't exactly inconspicuous either. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a naked man running through a high school (laughs) for 24 hours. Yep, he was there for 24 hours. Naked. am 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 I to assume that this was like a rival high school from when he was younger? I doubt it because they're so far away, Fort Myers and, and Miramar, right? Yeah. I don't know if it, any answers to this would really be satisfactory. It's no. like, oh, no wonder he did it. Well, this is me. His meth dealer could be in that town. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, so, DJ, what do you got going on for the rest of the weekend? Uh, you know, not too much. Just uh, going to try to relax and, uh, you know, get myself in a good place mentally for the prepare for the week. And uh, have a nice cigar here and there. Maybe light up a torch after this. And, uh, you know, that's about it. Nothing special, really. Is it me or maybe on some psychological level because of the way the the days kind of dragged out a little bit in COVID, right? And whatever. But do the days seem like they're going much faster? No, yeah. And normal. Or is it just me? Yeah, and I also don't know what day it is. Like uh, Fred Rui actually posted some joke this week about – how he thought it was Wednesday and it was really Tuesday or the, and, and that was like, until I read the joke, I didn't realize what the, I, I didn't get the joke at first. Cause I thought, <laughs> well, it, it is Wednesday. And then it was really Tuesday. Or, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I've lost track of how to keep track of a week too. I'm doing that all the time. Is it Friday already? Holy cow. Where'd the rest of the week go? Right. I'm having that same problem. It's like our bearings are off. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing. I, 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 I have to constantly check what day of the week it is. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. I wonder, I wonder what we, we should get a psychologist on next week to explain this phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> just just oh, have Adam talk about, exactly. Adam talk about it. I'm just well, curious because it really is interesting. If we have a psychologist on, that's the last thing I'm going to ask them about. I'm going to put Adam in front of them <laughs> and be like, tell me more. See, see, <laughs> if we, let's see if we can work some things out. Listen, Paul, we don't want to scare the guy. We start with the icebreaker and then we throw Adam on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah. bring Adam out of the gate, the guy's going to disconnect. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Probably. Probably a good Adam, bet. would you but, would you openly share with a psychologist if we brought one on? Nope. I would give him back to matter answers. Would you Adam, in your... Adam wouldn't share with a psychologist in a private room. That's what I was just that was my next if question. They were the if they were the last two people on earth. It would be it would be like what about Bob? He ended up becoming like attached to the guy and just follow him everywhere he goes. <laughs> follow him to vacation. No. I'm, no. On the boat. <laughs> that, I'm on the boat. That would be Jeff Groover. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jeff did comment that because of your bromance with Adam that uh, he no longer loves you, that he loves me. Oh, yeah, geez. <laughs> promises, promises, good. Yeah, you can only hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, that's all it took. I would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> well, Terrence, listen, man, I know you're a family guy. You know, we, we've uh, had afternoons with both our families. Still one of the most epic KMA pictures I think we've ever had on the radio show is <laughs> Me and Terrence on the uh, teeter totter. If you haven't seen that, <laughs> if you if you haven't seen the awesome picture that Terrence Riley and I took um, on a teeter totter, you have to scour the KMA Facebook page. Just just go it's, on the it's, photos, you'll find yeah, it. Just, it's, yeah, it's it's what three four months old. Five, no, it's, no, it's, it's February. Now. It's February. Well, it's yeah. February. So yeah, it's in February. So we we've narrowed your search results, but find that picture is probably yeah. one of the most epic. 
uh, KMA photo. Is it, you, 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 put, you put up the one with me shooting into space? Is that the one that you put up? No, that, was, that was a video someone in my organization made. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was I'm a good one. I'm talking about the original still. Yeah, the took. actual real one of uh, yeah. the real still okay. we took was brilliant. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> it was the good sport, but I know you're a family guy, so honestly, uh, thank you for taking time out of your day and coming yeah. on KMA Radio. I know you're at home, so we appreciate it. Um, Paul, who do we got on next week? Klaus you, Kellner of You're going to be so Cigars. excited. Oh, thanks, Klaus. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you well, usually ask me that question. I have it right here. I got it right uh, down. Paul's actually uh, done some work. He's got the next three guests lined up already. Wow. Well, you I know what? Know. It's it's easier to get people, but it's it's harder. It's easier to get people last minute here, but it's harder to book people out right now be, because they don't know you know, if in two weeks things are going to change. But um, the people that we have lined up are, I mean, we're going to have a, a good group of guys coming we on. we got a great set of people coming up in the next three weeks. It's going to be a phenomenal show, uh, as always. Terrence, once again, thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, everyone out there, uh, we have a group, Facebook, uh, Agonorsa Acolytes, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Agonorsa Lee. Please follow remember. us, stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. I posted to it when you came on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, and uh, thanks for having me as always. I have a great time. You too, pal. Always, be good. Always a pleasure. Uh, next week, Klaus Kellner of Davidoff Cigars. So yeah, it's his first time, yeah? Yeah. His first time on the show. Yeah. First time, bro. He's a big up-and-comer in the uh, cigar world, doing a lot of press, doing a lot of stuff. We'll see what happens. Uh, Till then, and okay. as always, everybody, keep it lit. <laughs>